Hello, wonderful listeners. We have some stuff to talk to you about because we just do. (laughs) It's June 25th, which means that you officially have five more days to take advantage of our Pride Month sale, which you need to do because it's Pride Month and we have gay stuff for sale. This is just logic, you guys. So just hippity hop your queer little self over to thegaylyprofit.com. There's like a big banner at the top of the website. It says 13% off sale with promo code queerwitches. Click on that. Buy cute merch. Be happy. Also, we have our Pride exclusive t-shirt, which you should definitely buy because not only will you get a limited edition Gaily Profit t-shirt, but also 100% of the proceeds of the shirt go to the Neutral Zone, which is a LGBTQ teen center in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and a worthy cause because queer teens in the Midwest need a lot of support, you guys. (laughs) Let's be real. (laughs) Yeah, they have a ton of really rad programming and you know who else supports the neutral zone is Cameron Esposito and how dare you let down your queer mom like that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, when Cameron Esposito came to Ann Arbor to do stand-up, she brought on like the neutral zone folks to talk about how awesome it was and tell people to give them money. That's so, incredible. So I had no should, idea. With that strong endorsement, definitely give them your money. Okay, other exciting news... We are releasing a bonus episode for Pride Month. It'll come out on the last day of Pride Month, June 30th, which I think is a Sunday, but whatever. It's our coming out stories and also a conversation about our queer roots. So, yeah, that's that's going to happen. I don't know. Jesse, say some things about it. <laughs> You know, for the most part, we try to make this podcast mostly about other things besides ourselves because we don't like talking about ourselves. So if you want to know more about us and our lives and how we came to be so very queer, you can listen to this episode and know more. And then we will treat retreat Brat back into ourselves and just talk about Harry Potter. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, we'll just uh, keep poking our little heads up from time to time being like I know that this is true because insert life experience here scurry away quickly before we can think about that too much I like almost said retreat back into the swamp and I'm like that I guess maybe isn't the like ecosystem that I actually imagine myself receding back into but you know you get the gist yeah so okay That news aside, we have some reviewers to thank. Actually, a lot. We just like a wave of new reviews. Thank you all so much. So on iTunes, we have new reviews from BeMoreGirl78, AnxiousEnvy, great username, and Carolina. And on Facebook, we have a new review from Khabibi. Who may or may not be related to Jesse. (laughs) (laughs) Which means with four new reviews, well, gosh darn it. I knew the number, 
that we were at just moments ago and now I've forgotten, but I think it means we only need like somewhere around 15 more reviews before we get to start sending out stickers and we really want to. So 15 of you who like us and want to leave us five star reviews and kind words, go to iTunes or Facebook or Stitcher. We only have two Stitcher reviews, but you can do it there. <laughs> and say say nice things to us. And, you know, our uh, two one-star review leavers, if for some reason you're still listening to this podcast, we know that you are a white person with dreads. So... <laughs> Yup. <laughs> um, yeah. That's like one of the joys of my life is being like, I know some really important information about anyone who would leave us a one star. <laughs> and even if they don't physically have white dreads, they, <laughs> they spiritually have white dreads. So. Oh my God. I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, this has gone on for a very long time. It really has. Okay, we love all of you. Thanks for listening for such a very long time. Goodbye. (laughs) Do, 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 do. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. We have to stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about plum velvet. (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about (laughs) Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a podcast for two queer IRL witches. Interview other queer people about Harry Potter because it's Pride Month and we want to. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And we have an awesome interview coming up for you today. Yeah, um, we really which, do. Which, wait, which interview is this for? To hear and Prana. Oh, right. Uh, we have a great interview coming up for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to a podcast where today is the first day of cancer season and we are accordingly really low energy (laughs) (laughs) look we're witches the shit impacts us okay today's episode is an interview with tahira green and prana abby scanlon i hope that's how you say prana's last name i don't know if i've ever heard it said out loud and i'm not on today's interview because it was a conversation about race in Harry Potter and I have absolutely no place taking part in that interview. So you're going to hear Jesse and our two really incredible guests, both of whom are also people of color, talk about race in like all of your shared fandoms. (laughs) (laughs) I like how it's contained. It definitely got a little bit off track because we were just like, 99% of fandoms have a race problem, it turns out. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. <laughs> I had a lot of fun listening to it in the 
in the editing process. We did have a little bit of technical difficulty due to our technology curse. There's some like echoes that I couldn't get out of there, but um, forgive us. Yeah. Yeah, so I just wanted to make sure because our super rad guests didn't appropriately promote their super rad work, in my humble opinion. I wanted to make sure that we promote their super rad work before we get into the interview. So, Prana runs a business consulting collective. It's her and two other queer women of color. And they work with other businesses on, like, creating more equitable work environments, which is just really great and really necessary work. So you can find out about that work. Right now, the place to find out about that work is on Instagram. Their Instagram handle is moxie.cc, M-O-X-I-E dot C-C. Um, and you can contact them through there if you want to find out more about the work that they do. Tahira is an incredible writer and they do like social justice work and just, I mean, y'all need to see what Tahira is putting out into the world. And also they got a dot art website, uh, address which is just like i don't know really rad it makes me feel really happy so you can find their info at tahira.art it's t-a-h-i-r-a-h dot art definitely look into both of those things because it's like definitely worth your while and you'll be glad you did and uh if you can uh hire them yes tell other people who have money to hire them um it's pride month give your money to queer people that's the rules. Sorry. Yep. We don't make them. We just have to tell you guys about them. <laughs> yes. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, let's get into this interview. Hello. Welcome to our Gary Poffert's third however many in Friday interviews we've done. And we have two very special guests to talk about cool POC stuff. Yay. 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 So yeah, if y'all want to, you know, start doing a little introduction, name, pronouns, a little bit about yourself, that'd be rad. I can go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, pressure, no pressure. Go ahead. Um... My name's Tahira. My pronouns are they, them. I'm an artist and a cultural organizer, and I'm really passionate about storytelling, especially through writing. I live in my hometown in D.C. with my partner, our plants, and our books. My name is Prana, and my pronouns are she, her, and I identify as a tender queer nerd. I'm a New Yorker by birth uh, and at heart but I was always meant to live in the Midwest where I've been for the past half a dozen years. Um, I'm a lover of cheese and binge watching anything with a strong female lead and hanging out with my seven nibblings and my spouse. Yeah, I, I guess that's all there is to know about me. 
<laughs> those are those are all great things. Midwest pariah represent, you know. Heck yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start off maybe with you guys is uh, maybe with your Hogwarts houses and maybe a little bit about your, you know, history relationship with Harry Potter. Um, my Hogwarts house is undeniably Hufflepuff. And uh, I actually learned that the hard way when <laughs> when I was in high school, LiveJournal was super, super popular. And there was this role play, play group on LiveJournal and it was very intense. And to get into it, you had to fill out this really, really long and thorough application with all these questions about your personality and like what you would do in different scenarios. And then the members of the group would read your application and they would vote on what house you were in. But the thing was they would get really, really mad at you if they could tell that you were trying too hard to get into one particular house. They just wanted you to be like very honest across the board about all these different things. And so I put in my application and I was writing about like my hope for a better world and how I love to help people and I'm so nice. And um, I put in my application. I was so excited and the comments start rolling in and everyone is furious at me. (laughs) (laughs) And they were all like, in all of our time of running this group, we have never seen anyone try so hard and so obviously to manipulate their answers to try to get into Hufflepuff. What is wrong with you? I was just like, "I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, so yeah, that's basically the story of my life. Like that's a real (laughs) allegory for what it's like to be Prada. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry. Side note, Prada, what was the name of that live journal group? Cause I am 90% sure that I thought about joining that very same group, but the application process was too intimidating for me to like actually go through with it. I don't. I don't remember the name of the group and I really wish that I did so that I could like go back and look at it now. Wow. I think I like blocked it out of my memory. I'm like 110% going to find it later. Yes, please. Because I am like really sure that that was something that I tried to do and I just was like, this is too much even for for Mm -hmm. an ultra nerd like me. Anyway, that is incredible though. Wow. I have no dramatic story about my Hogwarts house. I'm a Gryffindor. Actually, I'm a Gryffindor primary, Ravenclaw secondary. And (laughs) it took a long time to figure out which house was right. And then I remembered Hermione's a Gryffindor. And so is Ron and Neville. So you can be, have all sorts of traits from all sorts of different houses and still wind up a Gryffindor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I guess my relationship with Harry Potter started when I was, I think, in middle school. So I started reading the books around 2000 or so, um, and then the books were still being written and coming out. So I have memories of when that was happening. So I went to a midnight release party in 2005 for Half-Blood Prince, and that was like a super cool thing that I did. I, I was very much a rule follower in my teenage years. And so like going somewhere at midnight was like a really big deal for me. (laughs) And then I also remember um, pre-ordering the book for um, Deathly Hallows. And so it was like supposed to arrive on release day. 
And the delivery person who was delivering my book, like they could have left the book on the doorstep or like in the mailbox, but they rang the doorbell because they were so excited for me (laughs) and they wanted to see my face when they gave me the book, which was so sweet. Uh, I dedicate this episode to that delivery person. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. After that in college, Um, You know, I continue to read the books until they were done and watch all the movies. But my favorite thing about Harry Potter after that when I was in college was actually this fanfic called Shoebox Project. And it was also on LiveJournal. You're learning a lot about my dark history. (laughs) Um, So Shoebox Project was like um, taking place when like, Harry's parents were at Hogwarts and it was about the Marauders and their mischievous times as teenage boys. And it was also super queer and I loved it. And it never really had a nice ending. I think the writer just kind of got tired and let it go, which is sad, but that fanfic and in all of its gayness brought me so much joy. That's really cool. So I guess I was given the first Harry Potter book as a gift, but at the time I was reading this other series called Midnight for Charlie Bone, and I just felt like I had enough white wizards in my life at that moment, so I wasn't particularly (laughs) interested. I didn't really like the cover. I was kind of like, what is this? (laughs) It's like, wow, childhood to here was so annoying. Um, And I wasn't until I saw the first movie, at a cousin's birthday party that I was like, oh, this seems like an interesting world. So I went to my cousin's house and read the first three books that night. And then from then on, I would get them as oh my like God. a present every single time the like books came out. My grandmother would like give it to them because give it to me because my birthday would be in the summer. And that's usually when the books were released. Um, and so just growing up, like reading those as they were happening, as we were kind of the same age as the characters be like this is awesome and obviously Hermione is black (laughs) it's like it's almost like mind-boggling how the movies I'm just like why did they cast this white girl with like that they tried so hard to crimp her hair and I'm like what are you guys even doing I was like look I respect like love the movies Emma you're great but (laughs) books Hermione is clearly black that's how I read them don't destroy my dreams (laughs) No, I mean, we're, I, I'm not here to destroy your dreams because clearly in the text, it's like, she is clearly black. Like, this is clearly not even a thing we need to discuss, y'all. I appreciate this affirmation, Jesse. But we can't discuss it. I'm not trying to shut the conversation. I love that both of you um, seem to have, like, known that right off the bat because I definitely didn't until, like, adulthood when um, they were casting the play and people started, you know bubbling up on the internet about Hermione being black. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that it occurred to me. And for me, it was really like this lovely moment of realizing that throughout my childhood, pretty much everything that I read was about white people. And I was like, it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't mean that just because something is not specified doesn't mean that it's automatically white. And to be able to, like, have the encouragement to break out of that and be like, well, if they didn't say what this person's race is, that doesn't mean that they're white. And to kind of expand my imagination 
with that. Like Hermione was the first character that kind of opened that door for me. That's cool. That's really real. I feel like, but also so many, especially for like those of us who love like sci-fi and horror and fantasy and stuff like that, a lot of the characters are white and they're creating these white worlds and it's sort of the default. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, so when I was young, I just got sick of that. And I really wanted to imagine myself in the world. So I just made everyone black, even if they weren't. <laughs> like, I was just like, this is what it's going to be. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what you wrote. I have definitely done that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, honestly, this is why I really love the Hunger Games series. Because I'm like, oh, they're in Appalachia. Katniss is brown. Like, so is Gail. Rue is obviously black. I'm like, this is great. And they cast the movies and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Everyone is brown. <laughs> Unless they're <I'm> like <laughs> described otherwise. What what is this? What is this? Yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard. I feel like when I was in high school and college, like reading like why I fic, I feel like it was always just like, There's so many white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate though, I read a lot of Octavia Butler, I was obsessed with her because like as yeah. a black person, I'm like <gasps> political sci-fi that's great and also full of brown people this is incredible she's my favorite author you know uh, so it's like but like at the same time I was also like reading like harry potter which is a very different kind you know mm-hmm. of story with not as many brown people obviously yeah. but i was kind of just like i can just imagine everyone's brown. oh i love that so much i had my awakening of um diversifying my media diet so much later in life like it really wasn't until after college that i realized like my shows that I was watching and the movies that I was watching and the podcasts that I listen to and the books that I read don't all have to be white and I can actively seek out Mm. these other voices. And now that's becoming easier with, for me in particular, finding those voices on Instagram has made it a lot easier to then like follow the chain from one to another to another and to get a more diverse media diet. But like that just didn't feel possible to me as a student or a child growing up in the 90s and the early aughts. And I, for one, am so glad for today's children that they they don't necessarily have to have that same problem that I did. Yeah. No, I think that's, like, super real. Because, yeah, I mean, I still have a bunch of the, like, YA stuff that, like, I read, like, you know, when I was in high school, when I was younger. And, yeah, it's, like, all very, it's all very white. Or at mm-hmm. least it's, like, if they're not, if they're described very vaguely, you're like, they're probably white. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it's like, I think it's really exciting that young people have more than like the Matrix to watch and there's sci-fi that has like brown, a, like a variety of diverse characters in it. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. And I do think that YA is really leading the way. One of my best friends is a teen librarian here in Chicago, and she's always talking about Um, the incredible diversity of characters, not just in race, but in ability and socioeconomic diversity and um, sexual orientation and gender um, that's coming up in YA just within like the past few years and this richness that, you know, hopefully the rest of the book industry follows with because I, what a gift to to teenagers and to young people who are forming their identities to be able to see those identities in, in books in like really normal ways. Like with a book, it doesn't have to be about being a particular race or being, you know, from a particular area of the country or anything like that. Like just having a regular old teenage romance and having these factors of diversity be part of the story 
when the story's not about that is mm-hmm. just so lovely. Yay for today's children. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, that is really so. exciting. That's definitely something I've noticed as I've gotten older. And also, it's just easier to find things like, yay, technology, even though mm-hmm. it was trying us this morning, but <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> helped a lot because now Thank you can just you, Google, like, Google podcasters of color and like come up with a list. You can get as like specific as you want to get. And someone has made a listicle for you and you will find things and you can just follow them and follow on the way that you do on Instagram. It's awesome. Yeah. And like back when Tumblr was a thing people used before it got really terrible. Mm. I was like, I feel oh, like that R.I.P. Tumblr. <laughs> Rest in power. <laughs> I felt just like the diversity of like the fan art I would see yeah. on Tumblr when people were like, oh, this this media thing that you love, let me just make everyone brown. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. And from different countries. Uh-huh. It was awesome. Different abilities. Like, yeah, that's where, I mean, I think that's where I basically first saw the people who would draw Harry as like Southeast Asian. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is fucking perfect. Like, oh, this makes so much sense. Yes. Please give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know if any, if either of you listen to like, Welcome to Night Vale, but like the Ooh. first few years of that show, everyone is just like, oh, well. They never describe what Cecil looks like, so he can be... He doesn't have to be a white dude. Look at all of this art for you. Were either of you on DeviantArt at any point? Because that was another place with lots of fan art. For yeah. Oh my God, the DeviantArt. DeviantArt is like going back to like live journal, which I also <laughs> definitely had. Oh man. DeviantArt still exists, y'all. I just want you to know that. It does! I don't know what I was looking for recently, but I'm just like, oh, people still use DeviantArt. Oh, who's using it? Who's on there? <laughs> Another podcast. But like, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, I remember when you all were first like, so what is your sort of relationship with Harry Potter? And I was just like, obsession? But it's <laughs> not that anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was... I was obsessed. <laughs> now I'm just like a fan, you know? Like, I was like, that was an important part of my childhood. I loved it. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like though the phenomenon of when they were being published was such a like joyous period of time though. Cause like, uh, I would see here, I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I like read, I read the first three like in a bookstore one day before the fourth book came out. So yeah, so reading the rest of the books as they came out, it was perfect. Like I would read them and then like I I would talk to people and you could like speculate what happened in between books. And it was just like, and I feel that's one of my favorite things about consuming media as it comes out is the sort of like the energy that people are like, you know, there's all these ideas and like speculation what's going to happen and what has happened before it's like finished is like just really incredible. Yeah, I totally get that. And sometimes I wonder like, would that, still happen to me now as an adult like would I put myself in that kind of fandom and I'm not sure that I would but as a teenager it was so wonderful because I'm not sure about you two but I'm a super nerd and I spent a lot of time by myself (laughs) and I spent a lot of time reading and a lot of time on the internet and a lot of time just like thinking about things and so Harry Potter was perfect for all of that and um I think it filled 
um, a little bit of the loneliness that I had as a teenager. I mean, I had, I had friends, but there was like always a hole and a sense that like I was really different from everybody else because I did grow up in a really white community on Long Island and mm -hmm. I had very few friends of color and even the friends that I did have, we didn't have the vocabulary to be able to talk about it, to be able to like understand what our experience was as people of color in this white mm -hmm. community. And so that wasn't ever a thing that came up. And I do think that like being able to escape into a world like Hogwarts was such a gift to me. And uh, I spent a lot of time there and I don't know if I would do that again as an adult. I sort of hope that I would. I feel like this is, cause uh, Perina, what you were talking about, I definitely, definitely like resonated with me. Like I've always been like a black nerd weirdo. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like only in the past like six years has that been actually cool. So like when I was younger, yeah. I actually was like, oh, what is wrong with you? Why do you like these like white interests? And I'm like, I just love sci-fi. Everyone can enjoy sci-fi. And it's, you know, so like being in high school where like I had my family and I had some like friends outside of high school that read Harry Potter, but like not, it wasn't necessarily like people I knew who were like, we need to read this book and like talk about it. So I felt uh -huh. definitely a sense of like isolation and like sort of an, an inability to sort of, totally express myself and my feelings to people around me necessarily mm -hmm. so I took a lot of comfort in being like reading Harry Potter and being like oh look the government isn't competent and the teachers are incompetent which means all of the kids have to really empower themselves I'm like this is great like this is a perfect message, yeah you know? and Ooh. just and I don't know it took me a really long time just to be able to like find other people who were who were as comfortable with me being a black nerd as I was. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah, I love that you Ooh. said that like that's only become popular in the last few years because I, I definitely resonate with that. Like I don't think that I've changed all that much, but I think what has become acceptable has changed around us, right? And so now what used to be like our weirdo selves is now like the pinnacle of cool. It's making me think, I think I didn't realize I was a nerd, mostly because my I was really close to my dad and he was a huge nerd. So I grew up just assuming, like, of course, we're watching sci-fi, like we're watching Star Trek all the time. We're going to be there opening night for Lord of the Rings. Like, this is just what people do. And if other people did it, it's because they're weird. Uh -huh. Like, I don't know. It's like their family's just different. <laughs> and both my siblings are also huge nerds. Although it's definitely my influence because I was like giving them comics, like, please read these with me. Like, <laughs> it will open your world. Trust me. And they both still do. So I was right. Uh, I love I mean, that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And being able to like pass on our nerdiness through the generations is really cool. I didn't have that experience that you did to hear, but that, like, I love that. That sounds amazing. Um, and I'm starting to see that now with, um, my spouse has three older and so they have a lot of kids. They have seven between them and I absolutely adore these little munchkins and getting to start to pass things on to them as they're coming into like being able to read for themselves and, and sharing that joy. And yeah. one of my nieces, yeah. um, there is like a new 
or I don't know if it's new, but like a series of Harry Potter that's been republished and it's huge. It's like the size of a textbook and it has these beautiful illustrations alongside the text. And so that's um, how she's reading Harry Potter. And so we got to buy the books together and um, sometimes like we'll talk about it as she's reading them. And that's just so, so special. So to be able to like pass on fandom or even like the idea that fandom is a thing and and is um, like part of your family life and to like nurture that aspect of someone's personality and interest is so cool. I yeah, love that, is... that. That's so sweet. That's so awesome. Yeah, that is a that is really tender and amazing. Yeah. Baby nerds are just so yes. adorable. I know. It makes me so they happy. They are adorable. It also makes me happy that like, like you have so much potential. <laughs> it's like there's so many cool things in the world for you to like be able to consume. And it yes. won't all just involve white people. You should be so excited. <laughs> that's true. It's so much easier to find our people. I think that's part of it not feeling as isolated because it's so much easier to find other nerds. <laughs> It is. We have groups. We go to happy hour. Like, <laughs> What a relief. <laughs> yeah. And I think also what kind of helps is sort of the like, the fact that a lot of nerd interests have also gone like mainstream, you know, like I, Ooh. I still, I still meet people who like necessarily like haven't read Harry Potter, but like at least a lot of people who have like watched the movies and at least like are super familiar Aware. with them. I mean, like. Star Wars is like the most mainstream nerd thing you can get. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was, and I spent like a lot of time the past couple of months talking to my coworkers who I would never consider like necessarily nerds, having in depth, debrief conversations about the last season of Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, we need to debrief. It's Monday morning. Did you watch this episode? What? Let me just tell you all my feelings wow. right now. <laughs> and it's just like, I would have like, never imagined this as like a teenager this being it like this being it that I could like talk to people who like I would not consider nerds to be like let me tell you about this my theory about what's going on that's pretty cool that it's becoming so normal that you know talking about fantasy is like just regular water cooler talk and then going on rants about white savior Khaleesi yes <laughs> naps too fat uh, yes yep that's <laughs> yeah it's not it's not great they they did a lot of missteps in that show that's <laughs> many 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 missteps <laughs> um, yeah yeah i feel very strongly about it that i will not get in this <laughs> Let's not go back to our happy memories of Harry Potter. Lucas is going to be like, what the fuck? More about Game of Thrones? I don't care. <laughs> Welcome to our spinoff well, podcast. We about fandoms in adulthood. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. Although Speaking of adult near. fandoms that I Uh-oh. have, that have, where the endings crushed me into a ball of sadness Ooh. and disappointment. Oh, yeah. How did you all feel about the ending of Harry Potter, though? Because I remember when I got the last book, I refused to read it because I didn't want it to end. And then one day I finally was like, fuck it. Everyone's spoiling things. I have to read it. (laughs) And so I was sitting there. I was like, everyone dies. (laughs) 
Well, it's, it's weird because, you know, like these books came about like at a really formative time for, I think all three of us kind of, you know, as you're learning who you are as an adult and like what you think about the world around you. And I think JK Rowling was like one of the first examples for me where I realized I had this innate trust in the creators around me, like the writers and producers of, of the things that I was consuming. And I just trusted them to do a good job with these characters that I cared so much about. And Harry Potter, I think was probably the first place where I realized like, Oh, not necessarily. Like, maybe you didn't take care of these characters in the ways that I wanted you to. And also, like, maybe I don't have to accept what you wrote as the final word on what happens to these characters. I think Harry Potter was really the only fandom where I, like, really got into fan fiction for that reason. Ooh. And actually been reading fan fiction for other fandoms before harry potter but i for the last book i i pretty much just like read it in like a 24-hour period of time and it was very <laughs> emotional like there was equal parts just like crying and like wanting to throw the book across the room and just being like how dare you but like in a way that still i feel like made sense to the story and then i got to the epilogue and i'm like what the actual fuck yep i just what I and I mean it's just like frustrating where it's like I think throughout I feel like narratively like Harry getting some kind of a like happy ending is earned just from all of the fucked up shit that happens to him but the way that she presents it where it's like everyone married their childhood sweetheart and clearly no one learned anything about what's happened I'm like why what but and yes, I definitely feel that that feeling of betrayal where it's like up until that point, like JKR had like in her story, I'm like, okay, like there's some things I don't agree with that you did, but I feel like the story is still solid enough where it's like, I'm with you. And then the epilogue, I'm just like, what, what is this? I have literally read a million words of fan fiction that's better than the like very last. It's like, just don't even give us the epilogue. Just end the book with him being like, I want a sixth. I'm good. You did it. The end. <laughs> yeah, I am still pissed about those marriages at the end. Hermione like, <laughs> deserves just better. so much better. <laughs> <laughs> We're both just like, no. Also, tell oh. me Hermione's not queer. Whatever. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Hermione has very, like, type A bisexual top energy. So I'm like, what? <laughs> What is, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, goodness. <laughs> she really does deserve better. I think at first I tried to convince myself that, like, powerful women just need, you know, a guy who's going to just, like, go, go along and, like, let her do her thing. And he's just, like, kind of there in the background being like, okay, honey. And, like, he stays home and washes the dishes. But, like... No, she she deserves somebody with like equal magnitude who can match her where she is and and um, help her elevate herself. And Ron, Slavia, not not cutting it. <laughs> I feel like though I have to imagine that like since like witches and witches live to be one hundred and fifty, that like I'm like, do you guys ever get divorced? Like I feel like you're like, well, I married you after a war, and now I'm like in my 50s and I'm like you know, I don't know if this is working 
actually. He's like the starter husband. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all up from here. <laughs> <sighs> That's true. Sometimes when people go through trauma together, they like develop emotions and feelings that they just needed to have some more therapy and they'll make better decisions. Yeah. Exactly. Just get some healing. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Everyone sure does need therapy. Serious. <laughs> Honestly, um, it was interesting when Prenna mentioned like it being like an escapist thing because I was like, it really was like I don't know. I find arts very healing and like escaping into other worlds. It's like very helpful for me. And Harry Potter definitely served that pur- purpose. Like dealing with like childhood trauma and stuff like that. I'm like, let me escape into these books, into this other world where there's not as many limits. And it was really helpful for that. And I actually, even though Hermione is definitely one of my favorite characters, although actually Sirius Black is, anyway, that's a tangent. But basically when I was reading the books, I felt most represented through Ron's family just because of the class thing. I was like, oh, I totally get this going to this bougie ass school. You're the scholarship kid. Like people don't get you. <laughs> like I was like, this is my experience. But Ron, why are you such a douche? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ron is definitely a dick a majority of the time. And it's like, bro, just like fucking chill. Like... <laughs> Sorry, your best friend is rich and famous, but, like, just chill, like, a little bit. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And don't take it on a Hermione. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. It is not her fault. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I feel like just Hermione is, like, such a smart and competent character who everyone's always, like, like, Ron's always, like, giving her shit, and then... She's always just like, well, I guess I got to figure this shit out now. I feel like is definitely very, <laughs> definitely resonates for me mm-hmm. as someone who's always like, Ugh, I guess I got to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that meme where they like rewrite the titles of the books to be about Hermione and like how Hermione fixes everything. And I just want every kid who reads these books now to like, read them through that lens like it's not it doesn't have to be that way and the fact that it is a young woman who's solving all these problems and saving these boys asses every time like that's something to be celebrated and recognized and I Mm -hmm. want every kid who reads these books to know that because you know when I read them like okay like that's just normal like here comes this smart nerdy girl to save the day but like to not get the applause that that deserves, mm-hmm. girl, no. Mm-hmm. This is a series about Hermione. <laughs> Black Hermione. <laughs> it has been decided. Just, yeah, no, there's like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind about, about this. I will take anyone to ta- uh, I don't know. I don't know where I take them. Whatever the, whatever metaphor you need. Um, <laughs> but uh, do you want to talk about some of the other people of color in this series? All seven of them, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> out, out of the like 200 named characters in this fucking book. Listen, I was trying to remember. I was like, who was? <laughs> There's, I think I could probably name them all on my on like on my hand on my two hands. I feel oh like, my God. which is really upsetting. Oh, 
Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Padma and Parvati, the two brown girls. Who knows how they ended up at this school? Like that, I don't think that ever really gets explained. It does. And of course, um, you know, in the South Asian world, the thing that always comes up is from the movies at the ball where they're wearing these like terrible quote unquote South Asian looking suits, but they're like so ugly. Like, you have every opportunity in the world to show off and like everybody else is wearing this like opulence, gorgeous, amazing dresses and, and whatnot. And then you turn to the two South Asian characters and mm-hmm. not for nothing, but South Asian traditional clothes are known for having the potential to be incredibly beautiful and like hand beaded. And there's so much rich history and artistry there. And like, they just kind of like slap some some ugly skirts on these poor girls. <laughs> like, there you go. And so it's like, well, what's the point? What's the point in even having them there and showing off that they're Indian or South Asian in descent if you're not even going to run with it? And also, why were they last choice dates? Yeah. Like, fuck that too. <laughs> you're yeah. right. I never questioned that because I probably really identified with that. You are right. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, fuck these clothes. (laughs) I feel like in the movies, there's so much more in the background to it than they are in the series. Like, and so I'm just kind of like, just give them like five more lines. Like, come on, you guys. Like, something. Yeah. It's just too much to ask. Yeah, we didn't really get to know them at all. Um, Whoever, whichever one was in Gryffindor was really into divination. I don't remember which sister it oh. was. Pavati? I don't... I have no idea. Like... Oh, wait. To me, like, they were never really made into, like, distinct characters. So it's, like, just, you know, the one brown girl. I feel like Pavati and Lavender were, like, BFFs in the... In the so you often saw them together in the Oh, yeah. Books weren't they getting super Pamela defensive together. when Hermione was like, fuck this divination well, shit? People kept talking shit about Trelawney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> In a magic school where I'm like, uh, yeah. like tea leaves and tarot, I'm like, does it? I'm like, what do you like? What? Like, this is the like, this is the thing people shut on in a world with literal magic. Like, <laughs> what does that say about us? <sighs> Facts. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've also definitely seen like probably on like Tumblr people sort of getting into the issues of Cho Chang and especially her. names which are like basically two last names and it's like what are you doing Mm -hmm. do like an eighth more research about naming your characters like the fuck right like that's not a real name and it's also not specific to anything like she like the names Cho and Chang my understanding is could be Chinese or could be Korean and it's like why like why why do you have to be so vague just like pick something and add just the tiniest bit of depth to this character but no all of asia is just all of asia (sighs) i know i feel like it's just really ridiculous that there's like only like 10 people of color and i feel like you could have had like slightly less stereotypical names i feel like i'm like come on just a little bit more character development (laughs) yeah just a little more. A smidge. Just a little. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even characters like, I mean, like, 
Dean is in like Harry's year, and I feel like you mm-hmm. still don't even know that much about him. Right. Oh. <laughs> right. He shows up like once in a book to say like one thing. <laughs> Cry. Right. <laughs> I guess what probably happens is I, I I guess probably all of those all the brown kids of Hogwarts probably just have to like they like go to an empty classroom to hang out and like talk shit about their class. They definitely had a support group and I wish that got more attention because there's no way there were that few of them <laughs> at Hogwarts. <laughs> And they didn't form something. Right. I want to ask the actors from the movies, like, did you did you have an affinity space where you could go and talk <laughs> shit about the other white people? <laughs> because if you didn't, you should have. <laughs> it's not too late. <laughs> oh my God. You can heal together. <laughs> That's right. Gosh, that would have been exhausting. Yeah. Because there were plenty of times where we're like, oh, going to Hogwarts, that's so cool. And then I was like, I don't want to go to another predominantly white school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like I will say, though, I feel like I've... I feel like I've definitely read books that are like post Harry Potter where the where authors are like, you know, remember how white Harry Potter was in Hogwarts? I'm not going to do any of that shit. And I'm like, thank you. Yes. Lessons have been learned. And that's really great. That is great. Do y'all want to talk about Patronuses and your Patronus? Have you thought about oh, that for yes. this here episode? Ooh. I did. I thought a lot about this. So I actually hadn't thought about my Patronus before being invited to be on this here podcast I'm not sure why so I spent a lot of time trying to think about it and I was like it really has to be like me and I just like couldn't find anything so I was talking with my husband and my best friend and we found the perfect thing it's a quokka and it's this (gasps) yes yes (laughs) that is the appropriate response so it's like this tiny little marsupial it's found in western Australia and it is, first of all, it is so adorable. So that squeal is exactly on point. Um, and I picked it for a few reasons. So one is that it's very trusting of people. So it'll like allow people to get up in their space and they will approach other people. And so I try to be really open and welcoming to people. So that that was cool. Um, and in that vein, uh, quackas really love selfies apparently. And I love that because I love selfies. I think that they're an incredible art form. I think taking selfies can be really healing and expressive. And I love seeing other people's selfies and the captions that come with them. So I just think that that's really wonderful. And I, these things are so cute. You have to all Google this. So you can oh, I've already looked it up. But I'm, just, like... I'm just so charmed by this whole thing that I'm just like, I'm just, it makes me so happy. Also, these things are very cute. They're adorable. I want to just hug one. The most important reason why I picked this is because there is a $300 fine if you touch them. So (laughs) you cannot get in their personal space. Without consent. Do not touch. Without without consent. There is a fine. And I wish that I could enforce that in my own life. (laughs) I know. How do we make this a thing? (laughs) <laughs> personal quokka fines 
So I definitely thought Patronuses were really cool, also because, like, we know how, like, the Dementors can sort of represent depression, and that's something I've definitely, well, I mean, I have a depressive disorder, so I was like, what would my Patronus be? And I did Pottermore, and it gave me this little monkey thing, and I was just like, no, that's just not not (laughs) I'm sorry, you're wrong. Disregard. And instead, I've decided it's going to be a dragon, and it makes the most sense because they hoard treasures, I hoard books, like... (laughs) They like to live alone in caves. I'm an introvert who really enjoys being alone. They're often misrepresented in literature because people are scared of their power. Hello, I'm a Black queer non-binary person who's misrepresented in society all the damn time. And because Mm -hmm. fire is amazing. Yes. Oh, I love it. So perfect. I love love everything about that. Yes. (laughs) So good. Jesse, what's yours? Yeah. You know, I have I have to say that I am is definitely some kind of a cat. I've been I've actually been thinking about it because I'm just like, what would my Patronus be? And I feel this is gonna sound like really cliche because I think it would be a lion. But the reason I the reason I think it would be a lion is that when I was a kid, I- I'm I had sorry. This- are you a Gryffindor whose Patronus is a lion? Yes. <laughs> it, it is the worst but okay hear me out though when i was a kid my favorite stuffed animal was this stuffed lion that i got when i for my fifth birthday that like mm-hmm. i had until it got lost in a move when i was in high school Aww. and i'm like because i definitely mm. think it would be a cat and i so i feel like because i also have depression and i'm like what is it that kind of represents sort of like protection and like sort of what like what mm-hmm. that represents for me and i feel like my childhood obsession with my stuffed lion and my obsession with cats in general would mean that it would probably be a lion. Love it. That's great. I love that. (laughs) So yes, I've gone from thinking I've been a Ravenclaw all these years to the most Gryffindor of Gryffindors ever. So... I feel like Gryffindor is the kind of house where everyone can be a Gryffindor. You just have to kind of give a shit about other people. Like, not that other houses don't, but... (laughs) Yeah, I think it has to be sort of your top, the top thing. Like, that your top sort of driving force is being like, wow, things are really Gryffindors are really into direct action. We should take care of that. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yup. You know, the different organizing strategies and tactics. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I feel like a lot of us who are in the kind of work where it's like, we know that like, you know, the work is going to be slow and methodical and take time. There's always a part of us that's just like, let's just light some shit on fire and be like, (laughs) (laughs) let's climb this tree and drop that banner. (laughs) What can't be solved by guillotines? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I love this. Can we make this like a BuzzFeed quiz? (laughs) (laughs) Tell us your community organizing style and we'll tell you your Harry Potter house. <laughs> yes. Perfect. I'm surprised that hasn't already been it done. <laughs> it might be out there. Uh, so I feel like then people who are like really good at like giving getting uh funders and rich people to give them money are probably slytherins 
every cause the people who want to be very diplomatic (laughs) and are like it's okay like i can go in and change it from the inside like slytherin (laughs) (laughs) because there's always the risk that you get sucked in that's right Always the rest about staring into the abyss and then it just stares back, so. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I have to say, I really just, I really just like how you can use, like, a Harry Potter framework in so many different situations. Like, as much as, like, in my Harry Potter reread, I realize how fucked up it is to, like, separate all the kids in the houses in the first place. I feel like having, like, house (laughs) distinctions as, like, a way to, like, talk about certain things in real life is actually kind of amazing <laughs> yeah true, um, true unrelated to that but related to houses um my dad and his siblings and some of their spouses all went to this catholic school in india where they were separated into houses and what? not not by personality i don't think i think it was random assignment but they were named after flowers and so like they still sometimes talk about like which one of them was in the roses house and which one of them was the daffodil <laughs> That is the best thing I've heard. I know. It's it's really it's really hilarious That's to watch incredible. these like old grown men talk about being daffodils. It's really precious. Wow. Yeah, I love everything about that. <laughs> um, oh, another thing. Um this thing about Nagini being Asian. Okay, I have so oh, many I issues refuse. with this. I refuse to. to, I'm just like that's not even not a canon thing. Like that's just made up. Right. It's not real. I mean, so I fell asleep watching the first Fantastic Beast movie, and then I was like, clearly this is a sign. Like I'm just not worth it. I'm done. That's erased. So when this um kind of became a thing, I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna get into that because that's not real. You are not gonna tell me that that snake. No. Anyway. (laughs) It's too bad because I felt the potential of having a movie set in the United States in the, like, wizarding world is actually super interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, and they just, like, bumbled it, and I'm like, well, never mind. I'm not going to watch any of these movies. (laughs) I watch because I like to look at the creatures. Um, But you can fast forward between the rest. Like, you're just like, oh, look at that cute monster. And then you scroll, and you're like, I'm done. <laughs> just leave it leave it on mute and just like look at all the creatures <laughs> tell your own story <laughs> been doing it since i was young like yeah. <laughs> this is what we gotta do yes and it's really too bad i was really excited because uh Jessica Williams from like Two Dope Queens is supposed to, is in one of those movies, and I'm like, she's such a huge Harry Potter nerd. I'm like, oh, I want to support you in these movies, but I can't force myself to watch these movies. Yeah, it could have so, been. So I just much pretend more. everything about them is just like not at all related to like the Harry Potter universe. I'm like, no, that's that's not a thing that happens. But... I will say, if you have anxiety, you need a good book to sleep to. Fantastic Beast is pretty good for that. <laughs> <laughs> No, interesting enough that you're like, oh, what is this creature? And then you're like, uh, boring enough, you can just pass out. I mean, I do want to know more about Harry Potter creatures, though, because they're so great. They're awesome. And I kind of was hoping these movies would be about them. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I didn't. I feel like I didn't realize they were all going to be about like young Dumbledore, and I'm like, I kind of don't care <laughs> enough. For I'm like, we don't have to. It's a little bit how I feel about like Star Wars, where I'm like, not everything has to be about the Skywalker family. You could tell other stories. Mm. Like we can, we can mm-hmm. do that. Like you invented a world for a reason. Right. The great thing about it being Mm. such an expansive universe is that we can branch out and tell other people's stories. Yeah. Which is what I, is what I want. I'm like, right. Hire like 20 people to write a Harry Potter Sinan universe. I will spend all my money on it. Yes. Wow. Yes. (laughs) Give the Patel sisters their own movie. Exactly. I would watch the shit out of that. So we can finally hear their stories. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> what was going on the whole time? Like, <laughs> right. So that, and also, I find it. I like. I refuse to believe that like there aren't people like the Patil sisters, where it's like you have like your ethnic culture and also like the wizarding culture like combined. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe that it's just like it's all just um monolithic wizarding culture i'm like no like are you fucking kidding me yeah facts this is also random but one thing i thought about when i was reading the books is how is hermione the first person to be concerned about the house elves and their welfare (laughs) (laughs) i mean considering how quickly she gets shut down by everyone i feel like if that were me and i'd be like people are mistreating the house elves and they were like no one cares it'd be like just sad in my journal about it Aww. and not like because like Hermione keeps going and I'm like I, I would not have the fortitude at like 14 or whatever book that happens in to be like keep going with uh-huh. it I would just quietly refuse to eat anything they made I would just like I don't know just like I'm upset let me go watch some anime like <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to eat candy not made by enslaved elves the entire year. Aww. How do I transfigure this into a sandwich? <laughs> and if all the magic in that world, that's what they had to do to get food? Like, come on. And I feel this other reason why it's like, clearly Hermione is black. Because it's like, everyone else is just like, oh, whatever. But she's like, this is atrocious. And I'm like, <laughs> there would not be a little white girl being saying that shit. Like, let's be real. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, you're so right. It's like, this can't, no. I'm gonna figure this shit out on my own. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do I get into the other world where there's still fucking slavery? Are you guys fucking kidding me? <laughs> what is this? Oh, no. <laughs> Wow, there could be so many more stories about that whole... <laughs> mm-hmm. And, like, also, like, this is the thing that... This is slightly off topic. That, like, I've, like, really been, con- like, thinking about is that, like, how does, like, colonialization work if you live in a in a world where you also... People have magic? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very troubling to me <laughs> if you think about yeah. it, like, a little... Like, if you scratch the surface a little bit. You're like, but how? Are there witches that, that were troubling. also involved in, like, colonialization? Because what the fuck? Ugh. Well, the framing, if I remember, was kind of like they were completely separate and in hiding. But still, then you have asshats like Voldemort, yeah. so. And Grindelwald. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which I'm still pissed the movies just didn't make it be like, we're clearly exes. This is why I can't fight him. I'm like, what are you right. guys even fucking doing? Like, this movie's made any sense. Happening. If you're not like, I was in love with him and now he's a fascist. Like, that, like, like, the story, you like, isn't even good without that. Right. Just go there. <laughs> just do it. Be brave. <laughs> right. It's like it's 2019. Just put fucking gay Dumbledore in your movie. Where people are, people are, are like, still gonna see it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any more questions to ask you guys. So. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Yeah, so was I. I was like, hmm. Um, well, what do y'all think about JKR's kind of silence on pretty much any factor of diversity with her characters until it kind of comes up and then she'll be on Twitter like, oh yeah, totally, this person is black, or this is a thing that happened, or this person's gay, or there were Jews at Hogwarts. Like, what does it say about this world or about her that, like either those things existed and she didn't feel like it was worth telling us that or that those things didn't exist, but now she feels bad about it and wishes that she had included that. Hmm. I think it's the latter. Like I, I think she's lying when she says like all of that was true and she just didn't feel the need to tell us. Yeah, no, I think she's just definitely covering her ass for having not thought about um, I just feel like for a lot of folks, especially white writers, they tend to write about themselves and their world and they don't really think about other people. And then later they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> other people exist. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of what's happening. That's how I read it based on my classmates from <laughs> school. <laughs> just like, Because writing can be very personal, but I don't know. If you didn't feel the need to uplift these things and center them when you were creating it originally, it's probably because it wasn't something you thought was important. Yeah, no, I definitely think that, you know, she had her, like, token diversity to make Mm -hmm. it less white, completely white, because she knew at least that much. But, like, anything beyond that, she was kind of like, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like, I mean... I definitely know the fans really picked up on. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when the sixth book came out, the Harry Potter f- fandom freaked out because Blaze Abini, who hadn't been described for the p- previous six books, was described as black. Mm-hmm. And people on the internet who had been like fanfic writers and fan artists who had been thinking that he was white, like freaked out. And mm-hmm. all the people of color are like, you get like, it's in the text now. Like, okay but it's like no how dare you make this person i even thinking was white this entire time black and it's like the fuck is wrong with you guys and it was like a whole a whole thing Mm. on the internet and i feel like part of the reason why she even made like blaze black because i feel like people were probably like well what does this person look like he's the only other slytherin you don't ever see that's Mm -hmm. named in the first book as being Mm -hmm. sorted into slytherin but you never see him until book six Mm -hmm. so i feel like people would ask her about him a lot mm-hmm. and she's like oh well, yeah. i don't have enough brown characters so i probably should throw one you know mm-hmm. <laughs> let's just add a little sprinkle a little diversity in yeah mm-hmm. it's like oh you're right slytherin is really white so i guess 
Just in case you were wondering if Slytherin was the white supremacy house, there's one black person. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's deep. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) I'm sorry to anyone who considers themselves a Slytherin. I don't think that IRL Slytherins are white supremacists. Just that Slytherins in the book are fascist. And I'm sorry. Yes, they are. (laughs) They really are. Yeah, it's really, it's not a good look, really. It's really not. But at least it's like Blaze is never an outright fascist. He just like doesn't seem to give a fuck. Right. Which like, I don't know, if you were a black person or any person of color sorted into Slytherin, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> <laughs> that had to be you probably did. Like the sorting hat fucked up. <laughs> You'd be like knocking on Dumbledore's door every day. You're like, let me out. Can I just like be resorted really quickly? You're like, that's it. I'm leaving. Hat back on me real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Hogwarts dropout. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what? Okay. Y'all know what really happened is that Blaze had to be like, oh, I'm everyone's cool black friend. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's really cool. It's fine. And then he just could go all- along his merry way. Well, that's oh, poor Blaze. Again, some healing is needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is the school psychologist? <laughs> Listen, that is what I couldn't get past. I was like, there's so much trauma happening all the time, all around them. Who? They can't just keep going to Dumbledore. He's not certified for this. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't think there are any psychiatrists, though. Like, they, they, they were in the hospital in, like... I mean, Neville's parents would probably be in something like a long-term sort of, like, care. And it's like, is anyone mm-hmm. getting, like... And it's the most violent sort of care home. Yeah. That's... Mm-mm. They needed some counselors. Yeah. They definitely need some, like, social workers in the wizarding world. <laughs> <laughs> facts they do they are not immune can't just magic that away <laughs> if only you could just like pull like we'll just put all your trauma into a pensive you're good to go <laughs> that would be so perfect just like pull the depression out in <laughs> strings from your brain and just be like here we go we're just gonna put them in this bowl <laughs> But seriously, can we name them? Who are the brown characters in Harry Potter? All right. All right. What people of color are there? All right. Let me see if I can do this. Do I even remember them? <laughs> All right. So we have in Gryffindor, Dean Thomas, Angelica Johnson, Pravati Patel, mm-hmm. Lee Jordan, mm-hmm. Cho Chang, and oh my God, what is Padma Patel? Mm-hmm. Blaze Zabini. Oh my god, there are only seven named brown. Oh. Is that it? Hold on. We gotta look this up. Thank you. <laughs> are there only seven? That seems even more low than I was imagining. Why doesn't the internet just have a list of this? <laughs> I feel like Lavender Brown was black in a few of the movies until she had a speaking part and they recast her as a white person. Ooh, that's dirty. And then there's Kingsley Shacklebolt is the only mm-hmm. black adult we ever see. And like Blaze's mom. Oh my we don't goodness, ever see, are all their mentions. teachers white? 
I don't think anyone's ever described as not as being. I don't think anyone's skin tone is ever described. Gotcha. That's right. Um, okay. I'm looking at a thing on the internet and it says Aurora Sinistra, who was an astronomy professor, was also black. That feels like some shit that JKR would have said after the fact because we never actually see that. Wait, the astronomy professor? Yeah. I feel like she's not ever described in the books. Yeah, I don't know where this person is coming up with this. It's like, we need citations. Oh, it says that she's cast as a black woman in the in the movie. That must have been like two scenes because I literally don't remember that and I usually do remember when there were people of color and right. things like that. Yeah, I don't remember her at all. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> we're just like, wait. Representation? Gowering the internet. <laughs> I also wish there were more gender variant characters too. Yeah. It's like, like why there's definitely non binary people in the magic world. So we haven't gotten to it yet in the podcast, but uh I'm pretty sure me and Lark both agree that Tonks is mm-hmm. not cis. Mm. I'm here for that. Mm. Yeah. Like I, I refuse to believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually I did feel that way reading it, and when she ends up with Lupin, I was very sad. <laughs> I also was very convinced in my heart that Lupin was gay. I can see. Mm, yeah. I feel like I just assumed they were both queer. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like I obviously, you know, I feel like it was pretty clear that like Sirius and Lupin were in a relationship. But mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I didn't think that that necessarily negated the relationship that like Tonks and Lupin were in. So I'm just mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. They're just bi. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I can live with that. But yeah, I mean, there definitely could have been more... Yeah, it's like in a world where you have literal magic and can use magic to change your appearance, it's like... Mm-hmm. There's not Why any reason... to you not choose? Yeah, like you could... You, like... <laughs> to just try different things. Right. I mean, Hermione... Hermione... Hermione, Hermione became a cat person for Pete's sake. <laughs> Though that was a horrible, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Mary Sue lists all the people that I listed. And the only implied Jewish character is Anthony Goldstein, which is also extra fucked up. That was a character? <laughs> that is a character. He is a Hufflepuff, I think. All right. <laughs> You're like, one for the house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should actually read this article about race in the Harry Potter series. It's on the Mary Sue. Anyway, I'll read that later. <laughs> Yay, the Mary Sue. When did that blog start? That would have been something that would have been changed my fandom if it existed during the time the Harry Potter books were coming out. I don't know. I did read a lot of bitch magazine in high school, but I feel like I feel like I don't necessarily remember them talking specifically about Harry Potter at all. Mm. And now Lark has to edit out all the sounds of me hitting my keyboard. It's going to be great. (laughs) Worth it. Lark's going to have so much fun with that. He's like, yes. (laughs) This is very important to our discussion for you to look up how many other people of color are named in this series. It is very few. So we have eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought I thought there were at least ten, which is weird. 
well, I'm grateful as a child. I just refused to believe any of them were white and assign <laughs> them my own racial and gender identities. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like the potential to be living your best queer life if you have magic is just, it seems like endless. Oh, like, heck yeah. Of how much glitter you have access to just produce at any given time. Yes. Like, okay, but like glitter, but like glitter that could like float around you and like sparkle like constantly it'd be like you'd be your own personal pride parade that you're just like oh, oh yeah, my god pride would be lit like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's like you think we're extra now just wait till we have powers <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and like twinkly and like flashing lots of wings lots of flying yes like the tallest wigs the most elaborate outfits that like defy gravity that'd be so great Ooh, love it (laughs) and this is why i need an extended universe because jkr was not the visionary enough to think about (laughs) all of the possibilities of enchanted glitter it's okay. My whenever I get around to my next novel, <laughs> <laughs> queer pride with magic. That's it. <laughs> yes. I yes. Out of that. That's really yeah. That's the best premise. <laughs> and there's there's definitely a, a a market there that shit that is untapped. Mm-hmm. I would read it. <laughs> I, would, I would read the shit out of that. It's interesting to think about, though. Like, a lot of the things I have language for now, I definitely did not have at the time that I was reading Harry Potter. Just, like, there were certain things I was like, this seems weird, but I didn't have, like, the term microaggression handy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It was interesting to look back on and think about. And that's why it's just fun to talk about it as an adult now. You could be like, oh, yes, so much microaggression unchecked. And I guess overt aggression also. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's interesting because, like, I definitely didn't have that vocabulary when I was in high school, but I feel like students in high school now are starting to think about and learn that vocabulary earlier and earlier. And just imagine, like, if that took place now, we'd be hearing a heck of a lot more from those characters of color. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I felt like, I felt there's a little part of me that's, like, envious of younger people to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, I'm already anxious enough about our impending climate crisis and having to live through that as a, like, old person, mm-hmm. let alone having to deal with that in the prime of my life. Ooh. So yeah. sorry, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry to the young people out there and our impending, impending doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apologies. Go read Harry Potter to distract yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the whole series is done for you to read. It's going to be great. That <laughs> you can read the listen to the audiobooks and watch the films. <laughs> yeah. And then go find some fanfic. Like you have so many escape routes. Yeah, there is a lot of fanfic. Actually, Prana, I have heard of the Shoebox Project. I feel like it's very famous, but I have not read it myself. Oh, it's really delightful. I'm going to have to look into that. I did not read fanfics when the books came out. I was not there yet. Mostly because all my friends read them and would just tell me everything that happened. So there was no point. Like, I just... (laughs) All my friends, like my two friends. (laughs) 
yeah. I feel like the fact that I didn't necessarily have a lot of people to talk about, like, Harry Potter with mm-hmm. meant mm-hmm. that, like, I liked Ooh. exploring other people's, like, stories that they would write in fan fiction, where it's mm-hmm. like, but what about this thing, you know? Or, like, right. this side character. And I'm like, yes, right. tell me more about this side character. Yeah. yeah. Or about magic. <laughs> Which we never learn enough about how any of that works. We really don't. It's very frustrating. Hermione teaches us the most, honestly. Which you would think you're reading a book about going to a magical school. You would feel like you would learn more. Uh-oh. Brian, are you still there? Oh, no. Technology curse alert. Cool. Well, maybe that is <laughs> a signal that we should wrap this up. Sometimes it's terrible. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you both for like coming on and talking about cool shit. Let folks know where they can find you at. Oh, sure. Thank you for having us. I enjoy talking nerdy shit with the queers. Where can they find me? Uh, you can find me on my website. It's www.tahira, that's T-A-H-I-R-A-H, dot art. Do you feel comfortable mentioning your GoFundMe or no? Sure, actually. (laughs) Basically, I had to take a medical leave from my job, so I'm now raising money for living expenses. So if you, A, know of any organizations or, like, programs I can apply to that offer that kind of support, that would be great. If you're down to, like, share the link to my GoFundMe, that would be great. If you're down to donate, that will also be great. Any and all information and resources, I will love and appreciate. (laughs) And also, we really need paid medical leave, y'all. <laughs> yup. Uh, yeah, we'll have the uh, link in our in the show notes for this episode. So y'all should uh, give Tahira your money. It's Pride Month. Support <laughs> some queers. Hashtag reparations. I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a real blast to get to chat with you all. Um, people can find me on Instagram. My handle is trip the light. One word as in trip the light. Fantastic. Um, it is a private account, so you'll just have to message me and tell me that you found me through this podcast because I will happily accept fans of this show, but I don't accept other strangers for my own safety and boundaries. Um, you can also follow my business account. It's moxie.cc. And Moxie Consultancy Collective is a consulting firm that I started with two friends of mine who are also queer women of color. And we're helping other companies and organizations and people deal with the issues that queer women of color deal with um, through the lens of care and just caring about people. Makes a big difference. It sure does. Cool. Yeah. We'll have the the link to that also in our show notes if people want to learn more and also on our social media. And yeah, I just want to thank you both. Thanks again for uh, being on the show. It was great to have you. And maybe you guys could come on again. We can talk about cool stuff. Yay. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Gaily Prophet. You should follow us on social media at the Gaily Prophet on Instagram and Facebook. We are still having our Pride sale, uh, 13% off everything in our shop with 
the sale code queer witches buy some cute shit for pride and also we are also having a special t-shirt a race pedicure not bisexuality where 100 percent of the proceeds go to the neutral zone a queer teen center in ann arbor that is super rad yeah pride sale goes through the 30th and pedigree shirts available through july 11th so don't forget to order because we're only getting as many made as you order so there's no time to lose Uh, please rate and review us on itunes it helps a lot we really like it also like comment share our shit on social media especially instagram we need you to but also you'll benefit because we're really good at social media wins all around totally reciprocal relationship i mean you know you're abused by the the cool things you put on social media you should definitely share them with your friends yeah who doesn't love when you share cool memes in your stories everyone loves that you can find me on the internet in between episodes at larkmalachi.com. It's L-A-R-K-M-A-L-A-K-A-I.com where you can learn about all the various things that I do for a living and take advantage of those things because they're all remote. So it doesn't even matter where you live. You can access them. How rad is that? I'm also on Instagram at Lark Malachi and at Radical Healer. Uh, if you want to find me between episodes, I am on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit. Posting a lot of cool things about ADHD management because that is my life. If you want to see that. I'm also on Instagram at live from Detroit. And those are the places that you can find me. Uh, our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And our logo art is by Theo Julian Forrester. You can also find all of Theo's comics that he makes for our uh, episodes on our website and on socials. Also, speaking of ADHD management, one of the things that I specifically offer in for my coaching clients is like dealing the fuck with ADHD, especially if you're self-employed and or work from home. Uh, I work with a lot of clients on that. I'm very good at it i also am self-employed and work from home so i have to be because i also have adhd so hit me up i will help you (laughs) until next time hermione has very like type a bisexual top energy i'm gonna insert the clip of you saying hermione has type a bisexual top energy (laughs) (laughs) i was cracking up (laughs) incredible but also so so accurate accurate and so funny oh my god